I, I, when I learned Navi, I just find it to be so inspiring because it, it's, it's talking about, to me, I see it like everyday life and advice. So in the beginning of Par- the second parak. It says, So it says that Yoshua sent two spies. Who were these two spies? So it was Kalev ben Yifuna and it was Pinchas. So these are two big tzaddikim. They're two big tzaddikim. What was the reason? What was the reason that he, sp- he sent the spies? So the Orachayim explains that there were basically two different reasons. I'm sure there are many reasons, but he gives two reasons. He says, first of all, he he knew that Pinchas, that, that Pinchas and Kali ben Yafuna were tzaddikim. So he was hoping that they were, or he, he was banking on them coming back and saying good things and giving the Jewish people the 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 uh, courage the the energy to be able to go and fight it's very important you know when you watch in a football game you almost can tell in a football game like at a certain point who's going to win in most cases not in every case once in a while you'll have some unusual you know, like uh, some call, which go well, something unusual. But most of the time, you can see when one side loses its 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 morale. It just they, they start breaking down, and you see that the uh, the the opposing team will start making gestures to the entire crowd to make noise and make more noise because it breaks down. And when an and when an opponent, when one side loses that morale that that morale they they can't fight it's partially like that it's it's a one of the things that the they do in the air force if i'm not mistaken is that the jet fighters will fly right above the ground not 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 dropping any missiles or bombs they'll just fly at 20 30 feet above the ground and the sonic boom and the energy that the plane is 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 evoking literally destroys the the enemy that they 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 feel totally helpless totally helpless from what they see so yoshua was because we're dealing with derechateva now i mean akadosh baruch who is 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 involved with obviously taking over it's israel but these are messages that you have to go by Derech HaTeva. They're going in to take over Eretz Yisrael. And the people are scared. These are people who were scared. They heard about, they also remember, they heard about the Miraglim. But from the previous Miraglim, about these big giants and everything. And, and Yeshua's concerned. He needs the people to have that fortitude. That's what a leader does. I want to tell you a story. I saw it with my own eyes. Because a leader has to give strength to the followers. The father in the family, or the mother, but let's talk, I'm a male, so I'll talk about father, has to give, he has to be the leader of the ship, the captain of the ship. The captain of the ship can't, I'm reading a book right now about a certain World War II submarine um, captain who lost his nerve under, he lost his nerve under, the depth charges. I'm going to talk about that in a second. But, but he lost it. 
and you can't lose it. When you lose it, the whole ship goes under. I mean, literally in that case. It, you can't lose it. The leader has to be the leader. So I'm going to tell you a story. I saw my own eyes. This is probably where this stuff comes from. I, you know, I used to go to the Lulavitcher Rebbe Zechotzali Bracha for the Fabregans. I used to go to the Fabregans. And then one day I, I, I said to myself, you know, when you go to Fabregan, there's, I'll make up a number, 10,000 people there. Thousands of people there. And you're pushing and shoving to be able to get close to see the Rebbe. I'm not talking about listening, because you could at that in those days you could listen to it on the radio. There were ways to listen, but the, it was the experience of wanting to get close to the route. Then I said to myself one day, you know, I moved to Queens, and I worked in Brooklyn, and I said, I said to myself, you know, I pass 770 in the evening every day back when I come back to Queens. The Rebbe Dobbins, Mincha and Mairev in the little base Medrash, the little base medrash was, without exaggeration, no larger than from this wall to, let's say, to the third window and across the wall. It wasn't bigger than that. It might have even been a little smaller. That, that's all it was. And the Rebbe would sit by uh, the corner in the front row. Do you ever daven by the Rebbe? He daven, he would sit by the, by the, uh, the doorway. It was, it was at the end over here. But make believe it was. Make believe this is the doorway, right? And the rapper would would dive in over here, and nobody. It was fascinating. Nobody would be in the front row because, you know, they they felt out of respect. They wouldn't dive in by the you know right in front of them. And there were again. I'm not. I'm not telling exact numbers, but about thirty people, maybe forty people. And I'm saying to myself, this is stupid. I'm going to push myself in and like, and you're getting almost trampled when I can just daven mincha and marv by the Rebbe, right next to the Rebbe. Literally right next to the Rebbe. No different. The Rebbe was like approximately there. And I would, I was, I just decided I'm going to sit over, you know, like, you know, like, like that. You know. And then if he would see you, he knew who you were. Right. And then you could, you know, it, there was a value in that. So I started doing that. Okay. So I found out that the Rebbe had little curly hair behind his head. <laughs> yeah. You just notice certain things because I was going all the time. I'm not all the time, but on the way back from my roof. And then I noticed something very peculiar. It wasn't peculiar. I didn't, I didn't realize what it was, but then one day I found out. I, I think I found out. When the Rebbe Davin, first of all, when he Davin was, I'm not going to say he Davin quickly. He Davin like Rav Palm used to Davin, or when I saw Rav Moshe one time he Davin, at a, at a pace like a regular, a regular Balabas pace, you know, and he wasn't shuckling crazy, he wasn't winding up like a, like a jet fighter, you know, whatever, you know, and he wasn't making nuances and faces and and whatever, sometimes you see people like, you know, whatever, I'm not making fun because everybody is doing, you know, I once heard that, I don't know if it was Nachman or somebody else said that you shouldn't make fun when a person makes faces and gestures when he's davening because if a person is drowning, they also make faces and, and gestures. But we don't come from there, right? Rapam never did that. When he davened, he davened like, a, like regular. So Rav Shrova did the same. Here's a quick, relatively quick pace, but I saw in his hands, and there was a congressman from North Carolina who decided to tell everybody 
that the reason that there are no American submarine casualties is because the Japanese don't know what they're doing and they're dropping the things too low. I mean, you know, too high. Well, immediately the Japanese changed and, and six submarines were destroyed and that's over a thousand American, Americans died because we have to be so careful what we say. I heard once that Rabbi Yisrael Salon said, I don't know if he said this, but he once said, I believe he said this, not everything which is printed has to be read, not everything read has to be repeated. How does it go? Not everything, I'm, I'm not saying it properly, not everything printed has to, thought has to be printed, not everything printed has to be read, not everything read has to be repeated, and not everything repeated should be publicized, or something to that effect. We have to be very careful. We open our mouths. We open our mouths, and once it's out of our mouth, there's no control on anything. There's no control. You know? Uh, I, I know that one of the, the big problems today, because of, of social media, is that in one minute, you could ruin somebody's life. In one minute, you can make a chil Hashem that you can't retract. There's no retraction. People make a big mistake. I'm sure you know this, Mr. There's Lord. No there's no delete. Do you know there's no delete on the internet? There's no such thing as an, to erase an email. There's no such thing. It might appear to you as though there's an erase button, right? It, it looks that way. But in reality, if you get a good team of forensic uh, computer scientists, they can retrieve it in most cases. Yeah, yeah, that's the way it really is. So he's telling them, you got to know, you're Moraglim, you got to be careful, you drink a little bit too much, you open your mouth up, people hear something, people see something, there is no error, there's no room for error. And you have to know that you got to be quiet. You got to be quiet. Okay, so therefore it says over here, we go further. L'chu or U.S.A.R.S. Unless anybody has a question. Be'asirichu. So where do they go? It's so interesting because no matter how you cut it, no matter how you cut it, they went to a woman. Vayelchu vayavo beis isha zona. Now, you could translate it as being... A woman who was, um, she had a, a business a store. She sold muzzon food, right? There's such interpretation. However, no matter how you cut it, you do end up with the Gemara in Megillah, which says that she was a prostitute. That's what she, that's what it was. So she is, that's who they go to. Ushmo Rachav, they sleep over there why they went to her. So it's very interesting. I'm just going to read to you. Artscroll put it together very nicely. The way he Artscroll wrote this is just, it's a compilation of, of the Gemara and, and, and like the whole thought process. It's so nice. The sages teach that God seeks out righteous people from the nations and draws them to, to Ju- his faith, to Judaism. Like that's what God does. He pulls people, and they come to Judaism. As examples, the sages cite Yisro and Rachav. Yisro is like, you know, and Rachav, that these both Goyim, right, are both brought to Yiddishkeit, 
but they're both very, very important people in the Gaisha world. She repented her misdeeds and declared her, her acknowledgement that God rules heaven and earth. Converted to Judaism, and so sincere was she, was her repentance, that Yoshua married her. Right? You think about it for a moment. Let me just finish the line. Not only that, but eight prophets, including Yirmiyahu, came from her. It's an amazing thing. You know, we're so crazy when it comes to Shaduchah. Would anybody? Would anybody? Would anybody go out with somebody who had that profession? Would anybody think for a moment that a Navi would come from there, let alone eight Navim? But that's not how, that's not, but that's not the MS. The MS is, is that Hashem says that that's the way we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be beyond this. There's an, there's a, an amazing Gemara in Brachas. It's an amazing Gemara in Brachas. You know, there was a, there was a big, I don't want to say fight. I'm going to say machlokas, political machlokas between Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Gamliel. Founding Gemara Brachas. Rabbi Gamliel was very much into making sure that they were central authority amongst the Jewish people. Rabbi Gamliel would live at the, right after the Chorban, and he was very concerned about what we live in. We live in a world where if you don't like the rabbi, you go to another shul. If you don't like the Ashkacha, you make a new Ashkacha. Right? That, that's what we do. That's not good, right? That's not good. It's really not good. I was by the Kotel, and I had very mixed feelings. I have to tell you, I had very mixed feelings. One part of me said, I love it where there are 500 minyanim, and you can't daven in any minion, really, because you don't know what they're saying. I'm not making fun right now. I'm being serious. Where you literally have a difficulty Friday night davening with any minion because of the of the conflict with the other minion. So on one side, I didn't like it. On the other side, I'm saying to myself, but look at the diversity, look at the beauty of all, each person has their own minion. Each person has their own derech, their own songs. You have your Karabakh minion, and you got your Hasidim, and you got every type, but with many of them. So it, maybe that's what God wants by the Kotel. Maybe Dafka by the Kotel, God wants there to be this total, the opposite, it's Achtus, but in a, in a, in a conflicting way of Achtus. Not, not conflicting, like the United States of America, each state is separate. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what Hashem wants. I don't know. You know, I don't know which way he like, which which way God likes it. But I found it like a little bit difficult. I found it to be difficult. You know, and I was saying maybe wouldn't it be nice if at the hotel it would be one minion? Like you know, can you imagine? Like for like in the morning at at Nate's where they have. Uh, Right? Allah is a shachar? You get it twice a year. You get it twice. Bichas Kohen. Yeah. Right, right. That's the only five. So I don't know. Is that better? Maybe it's not better. Maybe the Kotel's not made for that. Maybe that's for a shul. But that's not made for the Kotel. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I, I was really, I was grappling with this. 
You know? So the Gemara, so, so I'm sorry. Pure example of Kibbutz Where everybody's coming back. Okay, I, I, I hear I, I, I hear it. I hear it. I was really going through this in my heart. Which way to go? So the Gemara says that Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yoshua had a little bit, uh, they had a disagreement. They had disagreements about the idea of central authority, basically. Rabbi Gamliel really was very into the idea of not having multiplicity. You know, if I were, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't know if, the, if you know this, but there are men, well, it goes both ways. There are men on Cholomoid who wear tefillin. There are men on Cholomoid who don't wear tefillin. Do you know that? Now you know. Okay. No. So, so like, it could look like, like two Torahs, right? So it's, a, it's an issue. Lotis it's, it's an issue. Potentially. It's a potential issue. Who's right, who's wrong, that doesn't matter. But this was, they, they were having their disagreement. To, to make a very long story short, Rabbi Gamliel was impeached. Rabbi Gamliel was impeached because the Chachamim felt that he was being overly strong in his positioning. He was, he was impeached. So here, the people, the players at that event were, you had Rabbi Gamliel, who was the head of the Jewish people? He was the Nasi, and and again he was he was impeached. Rabbi Yeshua, who he had the argument, a specific argument about Myriv, whatever. But the point he was the he was the uh, plaintiff. Is that what they call it? the other the other side? So the question was, who were they going to put in place of Rabbi Gamliel? Who's going to be put in his place? So they said they, we can't have Rabbi Yeshua because. Then it would look like we were just getting rid of Rabbi Gamliel to place Rabbi Yeshua in, and that would not that would that would not be good optics. So therefore, we can't do that. So then they said Rabbi Akiva's there, and they said no, he can't, he can't. Rabbi Akiva can't. Why can't he? Because he comes from Gerim. His his father and I think his mother also were Gerid Sedek. And therefore, he doesn't have yichus. And if you don't have yichus, the problem was that if somebody would curse him out, as sometimes people do curse rabbis, you know, or any authority person, but let's say rabbis, he wouldn't have the schusavos to protect him. This is a strange thing. The Rabbi Akiva doesn't have the schusavos to protect him. So the Gemara says, therefore, they couldn't use him. And then they said, okay, so we'll go to Rabbi Eliezer ben Azariah. So they went to Rabbi Eliezer ben Azariah, they asked him, because he was from Ezra directly, so he had schuzavos, and he was a wealthy person, because he had to be wealthy. Okay, and so they figured we'll go to him. He says, I have to ask my wife. He asks his wife before anything else, and his wife says, hey, you know, the, the, we're living in a time of impeachment. They're not going to keep you for very long, you know. Right now they want you. Tomorrow they're going to say it's time for you to go the way that Rabbi Gamliel went. And he said, it's okay. It's, it's good to be used at least one time. And she said, okay, but you know, you're very young. You're only 17 at this time. You know, who's going to listen to you? They're not going to listen. Gray beards don't listen to black beards, right? So 
or no beards. So, <laughs> so Rabbi Gamliel, so, so the so Rabbi Elia, that night Eliezer Ben Azariah grew seventeen <coughs> rows of uh, of gray hair. That's when he says Harayani Kaven Shivim Shana in the Haggadah. That was the night it happened. But there's there's a on the on the bottom there's a in the Gemara there's a thing called the Shita Mikubetzes. It's it's on the page itself. But it's on the bottom, and it says that Rabbi Akiva was, it says that he was sad. And he said, I remember the words on Musbahar, he says, Lo shezea ben Torah gadol mimeni. He says, in reference to the other, Rabbi Elizabeth Zari, it's not that he was a greater person, ela yesh lo schosavos, but he has, he has schosavos. And then he says, Ashri Misha Yeshlo, you sowed Litlosbo. Happy is a person who has a peg that he can hang his coat up on, so to speak. He felt bad about it. He felt bad about it. Imagine, imagine Rabbi Akiva feeling bad about his Chosavos. But at the end of the day, we would marry Rabbi Akiva, right? We would marry. But would we marry Rachav? But Yoshua, Yoshua, my goes and marries Rachav. To me, that's just such an uh, incredible concept. So just to skip one point here, because I know it's getting late. So there's a, there's a point over here with Rachav. If you go through the story, Rachav goes, and if you remember, I'll just say it quickly outside, and then we'll see a nice Rashi here. Um, Rachav, the two spies go to her. She hides them. And she says to them, because the king, they were all, the, all, the whole, all the people of Jericho were looking for these two spies, and they knew that they were around. And she says to them, listen, I know. And she knew because she was around the population of people. And she says, I know without a doubt that the people of Jericho don't have a chance. There's no chance. Your God is the God of the world, and you are going to be the, the victor, victors in the, in the battle. I have no question. So all I'm asking you is one thing. I want my mother, my father, my children, and my brother, and my sister, that they should be saved. That's what I want. I did you a chesed, I want you to do a chesed for me. Which fits into everything in the Torah itself. The first thing that Jews go into Eretz Yisrael, the first thing that they do is that they do a chesed. Hashem, right? This is the first thing. The first action that they're doing, the spies are doing, is they're committing themselves to do a chesed of mida keneged mida. So what did she do? She said, uh, she said so the, the spy said, listen, you put down this, there was a, a, a scarlet rope. There's a scarlet rope on the window. Because her window was in the walls of, 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 the, of Jericho. And so these two spies said, you drop that scarlet rope, and who's ever in the room will be saved. So I'll read you Rashi. It's so interesting. We all know this, but it's just the beauty of Rashi. Sometimes we take Rashi for granted. This is Pasuk Tesvav. It says over here, And she um, pulled down the, the red scarlet. You have to know 
that with this specific rope and this specific window, the people who were doing bad sins used that rope and that window to climb up to her room. Amra, at that point, she made a prayer. and She said, Master of the universe, with these two things I sinned, and through these two things have mercy and be me. It's tikkun. It's mamish tikkun. She went and she said, I did bad things with these two windows, this window and this, and, and this scarlet, you know, scarlet rope. So now I want to do something good with it. I'm going to save these Jewish people. You know, and use this as the as the um, picada. You wanted to say something. No, but virtue of her letting them down, on, they went out through that rope. So everybody thought that these yeah of, regular business. Avada, avada. That's what she did. That's what she did. It's it's a, an amazing, amazing, amazing thing. I w- I'm going to read this to you here. Mm-hmm. So the first shot is what Rashi says. And I'm going to read you the second shot, which is not, it's from the Bir Moshe, which is a different angle than I ever heard before. Because this shot is Rashi, so I, I remember learning it, but the Bir Moshe never did. So she pulls down the rope, and she's saying, that's Fila Hashem. I did bad things with this rope, now I'm going to do good things, have Rachmanus on me. And there is, we live in this, this approach of Tikkun. I knew a woman who had multiple abortions, when she wasn't religious, and then she decided that she's going to counsel young women not to have abortions, and that's what she does. It's taken fixing up, you know. I grew up in New Haven, Connecticut. My family is all, up, uh, exception with the exception of the immediate family, one one branch in my family, but the rest of the family is all intermarried and and all not religious. It's taken for me to do kira. It's taken trying to fix things up. That, that's what it's all about. My father, all of us shalom, went to public school till he was 16 years old. He wanted to go to yeshiva. He went to a certain, it was in East New York, there weren't many yeshivas in Brooklyn at that time, or in America. He went to some yeshiva. The yeshiva said that he was too old, because he was 16, he didn't, know, he didn't know anything. He wasn't a yeshiva. He was on a bus. And on the bus, he was crying. Some man came over to him. This is a true story. I, some man came over to him and said, why are you crying? And my father, Allah Shalom, said, because I want to go to Yeshiva, and they won't, they wouldn't let me because I was too old. And the man, a blessed, I don't know who he is, blessed memory, he said to my father, go to Chabad, they take anybody. That's what he said. That was the line. Go to Chabad, they take anybody. So my father went to Chabad, and they put him in third grade, and then he moved his way up. I heard this story at my father's Levi. I didn't know all the details. So it's tikkun that I put people into Yeshua. That's what I do. That's tikkun. That's you fixing up, you know, a certain situation that you have to do, you know, because you're fixing what you did, whatever. It doesn't only mean you did what's wrong, but that's being the talking. So now, so that's the first part. And we have to find ways to do that in our lives. But this second thing is very interesting. I'm just going to read it to you straight from the article because it's 
It's so so poignant. Rachav's descendant, the prophet Yirmiyahu, was cast into a slimy pit for daring to warn the people to repent and suffer exile. We know that Yirmiyahu was like uh, he was he was abused by by the by the Jewish people. He was killed by the Jewish people, if I'm not mistaken, right? When he was released, he was pulled up from the mud painfully with an uncomfortable rope. He begged for a ladder, but God said, as it were, just as your grandmother Rachav lowered the spies with a rope, so you will be saved with the rope. That's from Yalkut Shmoni. This shows how sensitive one must be when helping someone. Rachov saved their lives, but failed to consider the discomfort the rope must have caused them. Which is like just a very, it's a different angle. It's a different angle. But you got to be careful. When you're doing a chesed, you got to be careful, even, even in that situation. I just, I just saw that. I just I never heard about it before. You know, we have to be careful when we go through here. Uh, I just want to say one more thing, and just because, even though it's the next parak, because it's just as fascinating, I just saw it, so I have to say it over. If the next parak in Parak Gimel, right in the beginning, the Jewish people start the, the process. It says, This is Pasuk Gimel. When you see the Aron, Hashem's Aron, then at that point, you walk behind them. Okay? But there's something very interesting. If you go back into your memory box, in the desert, that wasn't the order. In the desert, it was Yehuda and Reuven who walked first. It wasn't the Kohanim. What's the difference? So in the desert, where there was no Gashmias to be concerned about, there was no conflict of Gashmias. So Reuven and Yehuda went first. But now that they're entering into the land of Israel, which is a land of Gashmias, uh, where you have the Yetzirahs and everything else battling, no more mon, right? This is a whole different world now. <coughs> what goes first? The Torah goes first. Mm-hmm. And you have to follow the Torah wherever you go. It's a different life. You're now going to follow the Kohanim and the Torah, while in the desert you didn't have to do that. Anyway, just... Uh, I saw that, and I thought that that was an interesting phenomenon, how there's such a change in the world pattern, you know. It's not the same world. Everything is so different, you know. I thank you very much. I was going to do one more thing. I'm not doing it because it's late. You guys have to go home.